0: Welcome to another episode of the Bakari Sellers Podcast. It is the beginning of an amazing week because you know we have the Democratic National Convention this week. But today's episode, I'll be interviewing my favorite Twitter family, also known as the K-Hive, the digital army that has developed organically in support of Senator and now Vice Presidential Candidate Kamala Harris. You know, this is an amazing episode where we get to highlight some voices that you see but you may not know. And right in line with what we try to do on the Bukhari Sellers podcast is just educate, expose, lift up, empower, um, and give people a chance to share voices they may not otherwise hear. One of the reasons I'm a card-carrying member of the KAB myself is because they've always been on the front lines of fighting misinformation online. Now, we all know in 2016 that Russian interference and disinformation shaped the perception of Secretary Clinton. And we certainly know now that the perception drove votes in turn and gave us the monstrosity of a president that we are now suffering and literally dying from. Unsurprisingly, we saw the disinformation campaign in the primary target Senator Harris and Vice President Biden, particularly with black voters. Now, I thought long and hard about this. And in this introduction, I wanted to tackle how I think we should think about this. There are legitimate critiques on criminal justice, for example, to be had of anyone's record, whether that be Senator Harris, Senator Sanders, or Vice President Biden. And there are intentional efforts to suppress votes by lying on the internet. One is not the other. So tell me what that looks like. Recent birtherism attacks on Senator Harris, which are racist, obviously, but the broader point is Russians now know that there are black voters, for example who will look at Senator Harris' Jamaican heritage and her multiracial identity as being, quote, less black. Now, this is some bullshit for sure, but the issue in our community is why we seem to be vulnerable to silly things like this when she's obviously American and biracial, but obviously identifies as a black woman and a woman of South Asian descent. There has to be room in our politics and in our brains for nuance in a country where so many of us have origin stories that are different like Senator Harris. I've seen stupid meme connecting Senator Harris and the murder of Oscar Grant. Now, a Google search would tell you that Oscar Grant was killed in Oakland County, which was not the county where Senator Harris was district attorney. She was district attorney in San Francisco, a whole other county. And she has no authority to do anything in Oakland. But again, if Russians know we're stupid enough not to check on this for ourselves, who's the fool? Them or us? So, today I salute the K because they're engaging in the age old traditions that keep democracies afloat. And that's fact checking and calling out the bullshit. Ladies and gentlemen, let's please, please keep a watchful eye for the disinformation that's coming out, attacking all of these candidates. Let's lift up the men in blue. I'm talking about the United States Postal Service. Let's keep going because the fight is here. And now let's get to this episode with my good friends from the K Check out Black Women's Views. Not that. Captain uh, America, or not Captain America, my good friend Chris Evans, and Julie Zerbach, who is with Mamas for Kamala and now Joe Mamas. Check out my friends on this episode of the Bukari
1: Sellers podcast. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, A young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom and the planet of the apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com.
0: I want to welcome all of you all to a special edition of the Bakari Sellers podcast here on Spotify. I have some friends of mine. And the cool part about this relationship is oftentimes on Twitter, you don't get a chance to meet people in real life. And right now, you know, there's this big talk about, Biden-Harris, and the Biden-Harris Digital Army. And so I said, well, let's talk about the K-Hive then. And so uh, with us today, I have Chris, Julie, and Recy. Uh I want you all each to introduce yourself with your Twitter handle first, because people probably know you by your Twitter handle more so than anything else. <laughs> uh, and then just tell us generally what you do outside of Twitter, because I, I want people to know How dope all of you all are in real life. Mm So I'll start with you, Reese, then go to Julie, then go to Chris.
2: Hey, y'all. I'm Reese Colbert, AKA Black Woman Views, on all the social media platforms. In real life, actually, I don't do politics Um, (laughs) for my profession. I'm a financial manager. So a lot of people don't know that, but I have been passionate about politics for two decades uh, plus. Um, But, you know, I'm all about Kamala all the time. And so I don't have a lot of outside of work and outside of Twitter or outside of social media, Black Women Views activity that I'm into these days.
0: There you go. That's impressive. Julie?
3: <laughs> hey, um, I'm Julie Zbrack. Um I co-founded Mamas for Kamala back in 2019. Uh, I'm now also doing Joe Mamas. Um, my handle—I <laughs> <laughs> don't know if you knew that, Bukari. I uh, didn't.
0: That's that's dope. I like right, that. Yes. Joe Mamas. All right, I'm gonna Joe mama Mamas. My mama's, yes. on, my mama's on Twitter, so Gwen Sellis, she's gonna send you a bunch of random DM videos.
3: Awesome. So <laughs> I want them. Yeah. So, um, so in my real life, I used to be a lawyer at the Department of Justice for 18 years, um, and in 2016, started getting political, and am continuing to do that now um, in 2019 for Kamala. And uh, here I am being a joyful warrior for both um, the amazing Joe Biden and his new partner, Kamala Harris.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Chris? Yeah. Uh, so my name's Chris Evans. Um, my handle that people know me by is not Captain America, which <laughs> is self-evident um and uh yeah i actually i work in the entertainment business so i have been a talent manager representing actors writers directors for 10 years um and i actually just recently left the company that i've been working with um to open up my own business so obviously such a fantastic time to to do that. <laughs> <giving everything laughs> going to but uh, yeah, so uh, I, you know, just started getting on to uh, social media to talk about politics during the 2016 election and um, to find other like-minded people. And I just started taking off and, and enjoyed talking to everyone. So apparently there's enough people out there that like the ass that comes out of my mouth. So you're <laughs> Your am. Game
2: of Thrones uh, <laughs> live tweeting was pretty epic too. You have to show well, Yeah,
4: that. that too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely, definitely talented. So we have, yeah. we have a financial manager, we have a DOJ lawyer, and we have a talent manager that make up effectively what's the K-Hive. So t- tell people just in your own words, what exactly is the K-Hive? How, I, and- how did we get that name? I don't even know how we got that name. It's But what is the k Julie, I don't care. Julie, Reese, Chris, go ahead.
3: Reese, you may have more of the history on the K-Hive. I can tell you what I think it is, but you may know the beginning beginnings. Yeah, I, I mean, as far
2: as I know, I did not, none of us were credited with, with creating the term the K-Hive. I believe um, a woman by the name of Bianca, aka Brave, is the person who coined the term. And so she came up with it as K-Hive, but- Ultimately, I mean, K-Hive is, uh, we don't have any, people like to say leaders of the K-Hive, but it's just a bunch of really scrappy uh, <laughs> accounts on Twitter, on social media that saw that there was a lack of support and actually a pretty huge Disinformation, misinformation campaign targeting Senator Kamala Harris, and so we just kind of stepped up where there was erasure in the in the mainstream, where there was marginalization uh, from the mainstream media and from the in the influencer class as well. And so I think that we are just really united. We're not boss. We're unbossed, all of us, <laughs> but we're united and really and really, really, really um, making sure that people know what Senator Kamala Harris is really about. And making sure that we fight off all of these attacks, which we have seen for years now, but it's even increasing and in, uh, to a fever pitch now that she's been announced as the VP nominee. So, right? Chris,
0: what, Chris? Let me ask you a quick question, why, or, or, or Julie, whichever one. But why do you feel there is a need for the K Hive? I mean, uh, we we saw throughout the primary how rough and tumble it was amongst family. That's what Democratic primaries are. But why was there a need for the K Hive? I, I think I know why, but I want to hear your words, Chris and Julie.
4: Yeah. I mean, initially for me, it was more just, you know, I was trying to figure out who I was going to vote for. And, you know, uh, Kamala was one of the people who everyone had kind of said is going to be an up and coming star in the party. And, you know, people have been talking for a long time about her being sort of like the female Barack Obama. And so I started to just kind of research her and, and look um, at different interviews she'd done and sort of stuff in her past. And I just started to become a lot more intrigued with each thing that I saw. And so at first it started off as one of those things where you kind of like, you feel like you've discovered this like great band and you need to like tell all your friends how they (laughs) they are, you know? And so so that's what it started out was me just trying to get people to see like how great she was. But then as things started to heat up and it became clear that she was going to be a contender, there was this like concerted effort, it seems from the far left to really kind of like put this smear campaign on her and um, start, you know, calling her all of these awful things. And it's, it's, it felt reminiscent of what had happened to Hillary basically. And so then it became, okay, now it's not just a matter of like, hey, you guys should check her out. She's really great, but also like feeling a need to correct the record and and sort of like, fight back against those attacks that we saw have a huge effect on the last election. And so it was like, we're not going to let this happen again. That that's how I kind of came right. into it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Julie.
3: Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. I have, I come at it from two different angles. So we did Mamas for Kamala. My partner, Courtney and I, um, were doing that online as a way to just engage during the 2019 primaries, Engage moms. You know, we're so excited about Kamala. We're so excited about her MAMALA um her cooking her nieces I mean her great nieces her you know relationships with family her immigrant background and we just you know we we just loved her and we found that there was this online community as well that loved those aspects of her so that's sort of one part of it the other part is as I mentioned I was a I was at DOJ for 18 years um I'm not a prosecutor, but I worked amongst. I'm an attorney, but I'm not a prosecutor. But I worked amongst prosecutors for years, and I really was upset by you know what Chris was mentioning, just the pushback against her background and knowing um, folks that I know who are who are very good people who are um, interested. <laughs> In the rule of law and at a moment in time where our country has been under siege um, and the rule of law has been under siege, I really wanted to use my platform to talk about the good of prosecutors um, in enforcing the rule of law, but also um, with respect to Kamala in particular. I ended up writing a piece like in 2019, I think maybe it might have been right after she dropped out. The the
0: medium piece?
3: No, it was the one, there was one in Washington Monthly at the end of 2019. Oh, I
0: remember that. Okay. Yeah.
3: About prosecutors and how, yeah. as a nation, we've lo- we're we loving them on the MSNBC and CNN, and we're loving them with Bob Mueller, but all of a sudden, everybody turned on on Kamala and Amy Klobuchar. So, anyway, so that, so that sort of DOJ rule of law side of me really kicked in and wanting to help defend her. Um, and certainly, in the last couple of months, um, with everything going on um, with you know George Floyd's murder and Black Lives Matter really wanted to you know sort of help amplify the policies that she has been churning out, um, the legislation she's been churning out on the Hill, and making the case for why she would be such an such an ally, such a somebody who was really putting forth those um, types of policies that would really complement both Joe Biden but um, bring the moment forward for the future. So. Certainly, I'm not the best person to talk about that, I know, but I also felt like I wanted my audience to hear it. Yeah,
0: no, I mean, we all we all play our roles. You know, Reese, I, I wanted to just talk to you briefly, um, you know, about Jamal True Love uh, for mm-hmm. people who may not know. Uh, many people who oppose Senator Harris cited Jamal True Love as one of their reasons for not supporting her campaign. Uh, as you know, he had a wrongful conviction in San Francisco that has since been rectified. But yesterday. He endorsed Biden Harris. Uh, mm-hmm. what do you make of so many people now coming out and saying what people like you and Chris and Julie have been saying all along about Senator Harris's record?
2: I think that, you know, there I think that is that a lot of what we saw, the pushback against Senator Kamala Harris, and I'm not talking about Jamal True Love specifically, but I'm just saying I mean, in general. Has,
0: Jamal True Love has a very righteous. Uh, gripe. And I'm glad that his conviction was was rectified. And I'm glad that right. hopefully right. at a point he'll be able to see justice. And I'm very proud of his statement that he made yesterday and thankful that we're all on the same team.
2: Right. And no, I I agree. And I think that you know a lot of people kind of harped on that. Again, people don't really understand the role of so, you know, they don't understand civics and they don't understand even the particulars of that case, which was really much more about police uh, corruption. He did win that lawsuit against the police um, in that case. But I'm just on, on a more general level, I think that it was really about blocking Senator Kamala Harris from um, being, becoming the nominee first. And then people saw that if she became the vice presidential nominee, that she would essentially become the de facto nominee uh, once Joe Biden is, you know, no longer eligible, whether it's from doing two terms or because he decided not to run again. And so I think that people just engage in a lot of bad faith arguments against her because at the end of the day, you when you have skin in the game, when you've actually a person who's gotten in the fight, you're gonna get you're gonna get some scuffs and uh it's 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 really not in good faith to look at people who for instance voted for the crime bill or people who have absolutely no criminal justice background therefore they would not have any horror stories that people can kind of point to and and try to impugn their entire character and their records with and so i think that it's really wasn't about um the totality of her record it was about scoring points it was about it was about things that are just very inflammatory that are easy to put in memes and it was successful to a certain extent but you know i think that because she has increased her profile so much and she has been able to really show that there's so much more to her than these stories so now it's 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 kind of old news but I, one thing I do applaud Senator Kamala Harris, and I know people said that she didn't really catch her footing with the criminal justice thing, is I, I, I applaud her for not going the um, the Willie Horton route with that, because we that, that has been a successful uh, method that white Republicans, the law and order Republicans have used. And she could have easily trotted out all of these horror stories of women that were raped or murdered and say, I put these people in jail. And so I think that she, Really kept it focused on the reform part instead of going tit for tat on this horror story versus that horror oh, that, story. That's
0: a that's a good argument. I was wondering where you were going with that, but you brought that <laughs> home, Reese. You brought that home, <laughs> hey, Chris. Because I know you. I know you will be real with me, Chris, on this question. What supporters in the primaries were the most difficult to deal with? And then I want you guys to share what your worst experience have been uh, online with supporters from another campaign. Oh gosh. Um and, well, and who had the best supporters? Because some of y'all say y'all, I mean, they they say that we were god awful. I just want you to know that this goes around. There are a lot of people who say that we were awful, especially Reese. Especially Reese. No, go, oh. ahead. go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Chris.
4: Yeah, no, um, I mean, I think I think if you ask any supporters of any other campaign, they will tell you that. The burning people were the absolute worst um and that is not unique to this election you can go back to the 2015 2016 you know primary leading into the general i mean the, the, this is
0: we're talking online we're just talking about online vitrials yeah okay
4: yeah i mean the the doxing the harassment the um just the toxicity the swarming of anyone who would who said anything positive about kamala i mean they And and they are very coordinated in their efforts. You know, they have DM groups where they'll say, okay, here's a tweet. Everybody go swarm that person and report, mass report their account. I mean, it was just absolutely terrible. And so I would say that they were by far the worst. I'm sure if you asked them, they would they would disagree. Um, no, they
0: wouldn't disagree. They would say y'all are the worst. That, right. that would be
4: yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. sure. true. Um, but I would say, um, maybe the, the, I don't know, what do you guys think about who were, who were the best? I,
0: I love who Pete people? fans. I just love Pete I love Bouges. Pete.
2: Yeah. Uh, like the Pete were, Buttigieg they, people.
0: They were just kind of Liz Smith and then they were just kind of like, Hey, we here, you know, like, like, yeah. we're going to have fun. We, we rock with our guy, but we want to win in November. Julie, who do you, who did you, right. who did you get along with the best out there?
3: Uh, who did I get along? I mean, I would say probably the Elizabeth Warren people were sort of the gentlest. Um, <laughs> I, I think, um, I, you know, it's funny. I don't get, well, I, I don't even want to say it out loud. I, I don't get a ton of trolls on my personal account or on the mamas for Kamala or Joe mamas. Um, it's a pretty tight account, but I mean, what I you have
0: I, to be an awful person to attack mamas for Kamala or your I, mama. I mean, you really I know. have That's to. That's true,
3: but they could attack me. I mean, look, they could attack me, and I've been lucky. I will tell you recently the that piece by the um, former or the criminal defense attorney, the one about the progressive prosecutor. Nikki Solis. Yes, exactly. So I tweeted that pretty quickly when it came out, and I did get that swarm. I mean, it was just like this swarm of what appeared to be uh, left-wing folks sort of going after Kamala's record. It didn't, it, they, they weren't Republicans, um, let's put it that way, that were, um, they weren't coming after, you know, saying it wasn't um, the misogyny or the racism so much. It was, um, at least from what I could tell, it was really more about her record as a prosecutor and going after her for that, which are the themes that we were seeing certainly throughout 2019 and calling her a cop and that kind of thing. So So we see
0: the, but we see this disinformation, Reese. We see we see just like a coordinated effort of disinformation, especially mm -hmm. right now, right? And so, part of the role that the Khi plays is is helping Joe Biden, helping Senator Harris by debunking lies on the internet and her record uh, that come from Russia and other folks looking to suppress Black voters. Because at the end of the day, that's what that's where that's That's the that's the stage of the the game that we're that we're in now. Talk about the patterns that you see online about this disinformation. Recy, we'll start mm-hmm. with you. And um, and and why do you think the nature of, mis- of the misinformation campaign has been targeted, particularly at Black voters and Senator Harris? Why do you think we have been the targets of so much misinformation?
2: Um, because it was successful in 2016. I mean, it was very successful in terms of suppressing support for you know, Secretary Clinton, I remember in 2016 when I was battling with black voters because, you know, they started they got clever. They were on the shade. They had not the shade room specifically, but there were some kind of gossip blogs, some like like, you know, on the French black gossip blogs that were posting stuff about Haiti. Um, and, you know, the Clinton Foundation and things like that. And there are a lot of people that, you know, really bought into a lot of the disinformation about Hillary Clinton. And so it was part of the Mueller report that the Russian bought in Cambridge Analytica and these different Uh, campaigns were about, you know, um, going after Black people in terms of race. And what we see in terms of, despite the fact that there's this intra-party war, the statistics have shown that the number one method of attack about Senator Kamala Harris is not actually policy-driven or substantive, it's actually about her identity. And we're just seeing that, I mean, explode with the questions of her uh, eligibility, uh, uh, the, the conversation around black versus African American and you know, uh, being of mixed heritage versus you know, identifying with just one or the other. And so it's they're doing it because it works. And uh, so the disinformation that we see around her record is not actually about the substance, because the on the substance, the stuff is incorrect. But what it does is it kind of uh, reinforces the mistrust that people have. It builds on, okay, people don't trust the police. People don't trust the criminal justice system. And then you also have the the character part. She's a bad person. She locked people up for no reason. She kept people behind bars that didn't belong there. All of these things are, are not true, but it's a lot easier to attack people on things that they are concerned about, which is character and identity. A lot of people don't know the nuances of, Actual legislation or even civics. And so you're not going to win the war on uh, arguing uh, Trump policies versus Kamala Harris's policies you're going to win the war on delegitimizing her character and her identity to people who would otherwise be very enthusiastic about her. But the good news is that it's it's getting less and less successful because her numbers have skyrocketed since she's announced and she has an army of people to really push back on this, on these things.
0: And that army is important.
1: This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important Plus you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24 seven access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership, visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing.
0: Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Chris, what (laughs) what surprised you about how particularly Black people have responded to Senator Harris if you look at it in the primary versus today as being the nominee for vice president, because I noticed the shift and now it's kind of like, all right, we all on board. This this the homie, this our girl, we going to ride with her. And I noticed some excitement, too, because when you on the day she was announced on Instagram, you go through your Instagram feed. Everybody has a picture with Senator Harris, right? Everybody's on board. Everybody's there. So, talk to me about that difference that you're seeing out there, Chris.
4: Oh, what a fabulous question! Um, <laughs> yeah, I um, I'm not going to name any names, but I, there were you know <laughs> there were a lot of people, a lot of blue check mark accounts who we would call influencers, or you know people who like to call themselves activists and pro black and all of this other stuff who were supporting other candidates during the primary who were not black and had very negative things to say about Kamala. Um, And just, you know, it was constant misinformation. It was constant, you know, or, or it was simply erasure of her candidacy, you know, where Kamala would come out with some great policy and a couple of weeks later, another candidate would come out with almost the exact same thing, and suddenly it was Black plastered everywhere, and everyone was praising how brilliant it was and how forward-thinking they were. And, you know, people who claimed she wasn't centering Black women in her campaign, and other people were. Um, and all of those, almost all of those people, yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> all of those people. Yeah, I know are now suddenly... now, I know. We're here. here. (laughs) Yeah, all of those people have suddenly, you know, done a complete 180. I'm sure you all saw that viral um, side-by-side Sean King tweet Mm -hmm. comparison (laughs) of the things he said about her versus what he said after she was chosen. And I mean, look, I'm glad that suddenly they've done it about face. Um, But, you know... um, I just, I think
0: that people now are able to see what we've all seen. That's, that's what I'm going to take from this. That's what I I, want to take the, I want to believe in what Abraham Lincoln called the better angels of our nature and just (laughs) say that that people are able to, because when they saw her on stage the other day, I mean, that, that had the emotion that was there, (laughs) the passion that was there. (laughs) Julie, Throughout this process, we had a bunch of trash articles come out, the VP process, and this this process really just bothered me, right? Yep. I, I particularly want you and Reese to comment on this VP vetting process because we saw the K going to Overdrive, right? I had yes. Donna Brazil mm-hmm. on my show last yes. week. Donna Brazil talked about the process. Y'all check out that episode of the pod, it was brilliant. I, I stand on Donna Brazil's shoulders. I love her mm-hmm. to death. <laughs>
3: love her. Um, yes.
0: And she talked about the process. You know, I, I got a call from Uh, Latasha Brown asking me to sign on to a letter with other black men that include Diddy and Ben Mm -hmm. Crump and all of these other people. But the K have also went into overdrive. How did that process make you feel when you look at the the leaks that were made about Senator Harris from Chris Dodd, when you had crazy articles come out, you know, you have, you have, oh my God, like this person is brilliant. And then here's a political article that Kamala Harris is trash. Let me tell you why she's trash again. Right. Or you have, you never have the article of Gretchen is the anti Elizabeth Warren, but you have here. You have Karen Bass, who's a phenomenal mm-hmm. person on her own merit, is the anti Kamala Harris. Like no, she stands on her own two feet. So Julie and Reese talked to me about yeah. that I, as the women who were on this discussion. Right. Tell me how that made you feel.
3: Well, so I mean, one of the things that I'm sure we've all noticed is that certain o- outlets uh, tended to like to um, push those narratives, also known as Politico. <laughs> and they um and they all they like to um really just do the the gossip the whatever the drama, whatever kind of stuff, and so they really were pushing that stuff out, and certainly, you know, as a woman, I can speak to how it felt to watch um, just somebody who's incredibly smart get undermined by you know. By these leaks by Chris Dodd, by Ed Rendell, really just frustrating. And yeah, frustrating Ed Rendell
0: yeah, yeah. just need to retire. So I'm like, go home, I like, chill right,
3: out. Right. But on the, you know, what was hard, and you, know, I'm trying to sort of, and I'm sure all of y'all were trying to sort of calm down all our friends from the K Hive because everybody was getting How very was upset with <laughs> Joe Biden for not coming out and, um, and saying something yet. And I really took it as a sign of like, let's just, let's just wait. Let's see if he comes out for her, it's going to signal something and he may not be ready to make his decision. And so I want to give him the space to make his decision um, without sort of demanding that he hop to her defense. Um, And I think that, you know, the best defense you can give is to select her as your VP and to say that I'm above the noise and I don't need to, I don't, you know, this stuff is not influencing me. But it was very hard. I mean, it's just very hard to watch. So um Reese, I'm sure you have similar and more oh, Reese, <laughs> this is use. no not worry. This is, don't, don't, a, this
0: is not a this is not a PG show. So Reese, you can say <laughs> uh, Recy, yeah, we've, I, been, I, we've been on right now for over 25 minutes and Reese ain't cursed one time. So I don't know what's <laughs> going
2: on. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I have a different take. I was absolutely livid. Um, and I do feel like I mean, there were leaks and I don't know if the, I don't know if the post reporting was kind of a CYA Cover your ass. There you go. You got a customer there you go, there there you go. um, from the Biden campaign. But, uh, you know, it felt very sinister. It, I, I had been saying throughout the primary, I said back of the bus primary, I said Operation Block the Black Woman. Um, I think it was very diminishing to all of the all the Black women involved. It was not diminishing to the White woman involved or the people of color involved. And um, I, I, I thought it, it just pissed me off. It pissed me off, and um, I didn't know which way it was going to go, but I felt like. Somebody has to understand how wrong this is. I mean, Kamala just took so much abuse throughout the entire primary, and then you turn around and you take a process that's number one supposed to be discreet and it's not. It's turned into this mm-hmm. parade, and then number two is supposed to help elevate all of these women and their profile, and yet Kamala is getting beat up and smacked around by somebody like Chris Dodd, who is entrusted with her darkest secrets and everything else. And so it was just such a violation. And um, I you know I I have my Platform And I'm very, very, very vocal about it. But I wanted to take it a step further. And I wrote an editorial and I pitched this editorial to Mediate, And I was like, I have to publish this. And it was every woman has <laughs> a Chris Dodd. And um, <laughs> that really got a huge response. <laughs> but <laughs> I wanted them to know, I will stomp a hole in you if you come for Kamala, if you come for Black woman. And I know, Bakara, you said, some people said, I'm the worst. I don't know how I'm the worst from just speaking <laughs> my opinion, but if you're I didn't say fans, you were,
0: I said I what know, they would I say. Know. <laughs> I know, but
2: you know what? Look who won. So yeah. at the end of yeah. the day, when you're on the winning team, then right. you uh, we did what it took. Just like how ruthless they were, I feel like Kamala needed somebody equally as ruthless, and who would gut anybody who came for her because there were 20 people. Hundreds of people, as a matter of fact, trying to gut her at every step. And so if I'm that person that has to be the bad guy, then you, you I'm
0: know all Recy, for it. You're not you know know the Recy, bad guy. You're not the bad guy. But you know what else is crazy? You know, if, if it's going to be a woman or a black woman, they're going to have to jump more hurdles and run through more balls mm-hmm. yes. of fire. And that's what we saw. Chris, everybody mm-hmm. tell me, uh, describe the feeling when the announcement was made that Kamala would be the VP nominee. How did you feel, Chris? Then Julie, then
4: Reese. Oh my gosh. It was, it was just like, I'm, I tend to be a pessimistic person. I like to um, hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. So I was shocked. I was, you know, elated. I was, I felt like, you know, the day that she dropped out, it was like such a low day for me. And, um, you know, Doug called me and, and it was, um, which made me feel a little bit better, but it was just, it, it felt like the constant dirt that was kicked in her face every day, the dog piling every day, it felt like these people won by stamping out her campaign. So mm-hmm. to see her come full circle after everything, it just, it was the best feeling knowing that ultimately um, they weren't able to keep her down. And so, yeah, I just, I couldn't have been more excited.
3: So I was, um, I was, I'm with you, Chris, all of that. I am with you. Um, I was on, outside on my deck and my phone started blowing up. And I literally started, which, when's the last time you do this? I started jumping up and down, like over and over, yelling, woo, woo. <laughs> and um, we have a dog. The dog was terrified. Anyway, so um, <laughs> it was just, it was just such, you know, I just keep coming back and I know that all of y'all can relate to this. She is such a good person. Doug is such a good person. Mm -hmm. Like I'm so, I mean, I have chills. I'm so happy for them. I am so thrilled that the world is getting to now see if they were not, you know, fans of hers before, or if they didn't know of her before they are getting to see how wonderful they are. She so deserves this. And that is the part of this that I am just so and it's, thrilled about it to so share cool. that, yeah. you know, with everybody. And it's cool because
0: now she has this. Is she, I, you're watching everybody come out. Like Michelle Obama's post about her was like, mm-hmm. oh. "All right, we to mount up." Now we got yep. everybody here with us. Reese, yep. tell me about that feeling when you were when you were there.
2: Yeah, uh, that whole day I was completely on edge. I mean, I was like telling people, <laughs> "Leave me alone about this VP shit. I don't want to
1: hear it."
2: <laughs> and I had DMs. I had a source that says it's Kamala DMs. I had a source that says it's Susan Rice. I was like, I don't care about your sources. Um, so it was actually Star Jones that uh, called me and she was being a little cryptic. And I was like, wait, what are you telling me right now? And then she finally spit it out. And I was like, just yelling and screaming up and down, euphoric. And I mean, I just, it, it just felt like such vindication and such a repudiation for just all of the just bile and abuse and everybody that, you know, really took this opportunity to take, to just, to just get their daggers in. And I felt like all you fuckers lost and we <laughs> won and you could stay mad. But I also thought of this young lady, young lady by the name of Haley, And I interviewed her uh, last week for my show and um, she said it's one of the things that just stood out to me. She said it's too late when it comes to Kamala Harris. Like she's already inspired people. She's already given that next younger generation the power. And so I just felt like, thank God that the message that Haley, who was a 17 year old, uh, second year law student, um, black girl, beautiful black girl. I'm so glad that the message that they have is going to be one of affirmation and not one of defiance. So that's really
3: what uh, that's it just that's really so felt well said. like <laughs> such a validation for Shout me. Shout out and to Haley with that. I'm
0: about to steal that, <laughs> that. She's on a 17 t-shirt.
3: in law school 17.
2: <laughs> yes. She's Woo! brilliant. And she said she's going to be the first uh, black, te- you know, Texas governor and she's going to be a, a future, a future president. I'm like, I believe it, girl. I believe it. So shout All out right. to Haley. Shout out to black girls. Like your don't daughter. You
4: <laughs> Reese, don't you think it also speaks to like the resilience of black women that like mm-hmm. I mean, the the I, I've never seen anything like the experience that Kamala had in this primary. And she yeah. never once complained. She never once said, Woe is me. She never like Mm-mm. asked for people to come to her defense. She just like kept her head up and, and kept going. And Ultimately, she succeeded, and I, I think—I it I mean, I, I wish she didn't have to go through all of that. But the right. fact that this is where she ended up, I just think it's—it's inspiring to watch her.
0: It's kind of—it's kind of crazy because uh, when the—the the day she dropped out, I got a phone call from Maya first, and then mm-hmm. like five minutes later, I got a phone call from KDH, and she was telling me that she was not going to stay in the race. And I was like, "Nah, let's just go to the—let's just go to the debate." Because if you recall, it was like the debate was like one yeah. week away. And I was like, let's get to the debate. Let's prepare. Let's do what we're going to do. Because you know, I was talking to him about some debate prep stuff. Let's do what we're going to do. We're going to get a lot of money at this debate. Let's just go forward. And she was like, no, Bakari, I can't continue to put people out there if I don't have a pathway to victory. Mm -hmm. And I have so many people who have my back and who are giving money and going out and putting energy that I can't continue to put them out there if we don't have a path. And she kind of auntied me. You know, she was like, look, Settle, settle, young man. Is oh. our, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. We'll still be here. I'm going to go get some yeah. rest and be back. So my last yeah. question to you all, because we all have lives and children and we got to go back out here and tweet a little bit more on behalf of the <laughs> K-Hive, Kamala mm-hmm. Harris and Joe Biden. we raising so much money, though. They What? That, mm-hmm. It's a juggernaut, isn't it? Tell me this. What's the role of the K-Hive? And everybody just chime t- in and answer this. What's the role of the K-Hive after we win in November? After Biden Harris are the president and vice president, how do you see the role of the K-Hive going first? Julie, you chime in first, and then we'll do Reese and Chris.
3: Awesome. So that's such an interesting question. I mean, look, we have got to be throughout um, amplifying her good work and making sure that throughout this administration, should they win, we continue to have her back. We continue to fight any disinformation, and we continue to lift her up. At the same time, you know, I am just so excited to see what she does, what her priorities are, what she and um, and uh, Vice President Biden work out for her. I mean, we can all guess what some of them are going to be and who um, the effort she's going to put in for both the Black community, for the rule of law, um, for criminal justice reform, all that. But um, I think we just have to keep that going because we know that Every step of the way, there's going to be the haters out there, and and we are we are her online cream jumpier. We have to sort of you know jump in and get in the way and make sure that we're there for her, and we're allowing her to do her job so that going forward, if needed, we are you know on our feet and ready to roll in 2024.
2: Yeah, I think um, that one of the great things about the K Hive is that K Hive is very civically engaged. Um, in addition to just Kamala Harris. And I think that it's really important to continue to remind people about what's actually happening in the political process. And so, you know, people tend to just kind of look at the headlines. And I think that K-Hive is going to be really crucial in making sure that people are making the connection between what this administration, hopefully the Biden-Harris administration, is doing for the people, as well as for other elected officials. Because what we tend to see in the midterms is we see a drop-off. Well, I'm pretty sure that nobody's going to be more motivated (laughs) to make sure that the Biden-Harris administration maintains a Democratic majority in the Senate and in the Congress than the K-Hive. And so I think that the role for the K-Hive going forward is going to be to continue to increase that civic engagement, play defense, play offense, and make sure that people know that good things are happening because we have these good people in place.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the uh, people who are K-Hi are people who were former Hillary Clinton supporters. And so I think part of the reason why uh, many of us, you know, latched on to Senator Harris is because she had a lot of those qualities that we liked about Hillary. Um, you know, very smart, very, you know, she does her homework. She's great on policy, but she's also incredibly intelligent. Mm-hmm. She's engaging, she's charismatic and kind and all of those things. Um, and so I think what we'll probably see is, number one, um, you know, the awful kind of attacks that we saw when Barack Obama became the president was is something that I think we're going to continue to see on for Kamala once she's in the White House, um, God willing. Um, and so we'll obviously need to you know, help defend her from those attacks. But also, I think there's going to be a lot of other candidates, um, a lot of other politicians who will want to amplify, you know, in the Senate, in the House, governorships, you know, state level stuff, like Risi said, so many of us are civically engaged. Um, And I know during this last election, you know, there's, you know, Richie Torres, Sharice Davids, you know, there's all kinds of other people that I really um, use my platform to help amplify. And um, I hope we'll continue to do that.
0: Yeah, I'm using my platform to help uh, amplify and elevate some of these black judges that we have to make sure that we get on the federal bench in the Supreme Mm. Court. I love you guys. Um, We didn't know each other uh, before this process. Uh, We're friends now, even if from a distance. I wanted the world to be able to know a little bit more about Reese, Julie and Chris because you're all dynamic people who do yeoman's Mm -hmm. work. We're all on the same team now and have an awesome opportunity to get Joe Biden over the hump and the first black female vice president in the history of the United States of America. Uh, one, before we leave, Chris, Julie, uh, Reese, tell them your Twitter handles again so everybody knows how they can follow the K-Hive and see what all of this fuss <laughs> is about.
3: Uh, mine, I'm at at Julie Zebrak. It's like zebra with a K on the end. At Julie Zebrak, at Mamas for Kamala, and at Joe Mama's 2020.
0: <laughs> there you go. Reese.
3: I'm at Black Woman Views, or you can go to
2: blackwomanviews.com and you can get to all my social media handles from there.
4: Not Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can find me at Not Captain America, N-O-T-C-A-P-N, like Happen Crunch, America. And I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Facebook.
2: And you have a podcast, Chris? Yes, yes, oh, I
0: have a oh. podcast. Yes, tell me about that. Yeah, I listened. I down the first episode I listened <laughs> to, and you guys, this chemistry is wild. Like y'all get along really well. It's pretty cool.
4: Yeah, yeah. Um again, I just started a podcast. Uh we're going releasing episode three soon. It's called Wine Therapy. Um where you can find us on Spotify, on Apple Podcast. We're pretty much on everywhere now. Um and thank you so much to the K hog because you guys like the my my show got like attacked. By the Birdie Bros so badly in the first week, yeah, it was really bad. But you guys like came in and totally like reversed all the negative ratings that they gave, and so thank mm-hmm. you guys for that. But yeah, I so, gotta uh, do that. I gotta do that. Too. <laughs> I, I, you know. But thank,
0: thank you, you guys Bucari. so much. No, yes, thank you. Thank you. Leader, thank you. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah thank no, you. thank you so much for joining the Bukari Sellers podcast. I love you guys. Hey, mask up. Vote early This mail-in ballot shit They don't want us to do it So you know what? Let's just show up anyway Put your mask on And let's go vote Uh, Biden, Harris, 2020 Love you guys Thank you This is another episode Of the Bakari Sellers Podcast We're out Thank you